a proud member of the Earglue Media family of podcasts. You're listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a podcast dedicated to helping gamers not suck. Our two-step programs of suck up and get good will help even the worst of gamers just be bad. We review the latest video game titles, cover the latest news, and discuss issues that affect gamers. Here are your hosts of Bad Gamers Anonymous, Bad Gamer Jason, Bad Gamer Joe, and Bad Gamer Crowley. Get good, scrubs. <laughs> yes, welcome to episode 70 of Bad Gamers Anonymous. We are entering the danger zone. I am your host, Mr. Crowley. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, uh, Slapnuts. Hey, I'm Slapnuts. <laughs> Joe, and we've got Jason. Jason, say hello to the folks. Hello to the folks. There you go. Perfect. See, he can follow directions, Slapnuts. I don't know why you can't. <laughs> what did I do wrong? No, I, what haven't you <laughs> I done I didn't do wrong? anything wrong. I followed directions. <laughs> Whatever. Let's, you know what? Let's talk I even let quick. you call me Slapnuts. How are you going to stop me? I'll let you call me whatever you want to call me. Now I'm getting weirded out. Are you? Before we get, yeah, I am. Before we get too weirded out, though, you may have noticed the new opening there at the beginning of the show. Boys, what did you think of that? Loved it. I like it. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, we have to give a huge shout out and a huge thank you uh, to Morgan McFly. You may have heard her on uh, a couple episodes of The Basement with Albert Padilla over there talking about Ready Player One. And she was kind enough to lend her vocals to the new intro that said we had two new hosts, Slapnuts and Jason. So uh, thank you. You can follow her on Instagram. Uh, just uh, search for Morgan McFly 23 and check her out. She's got a lot of great stuff over there. Uh, a lot of nostalgia going on. Uh, 16-bit, 8-bit, Ready Player One stuff. So check her out. She's uh, uh, she's. Probably do some podcasting is what she should probably do, but uh, we'll we'll see where that takes her. But she did a great job with the intro, and then you'll notice on the outro, she's got some stuff there too. So Morgan, thank you so much for for that. That is awesome. So thanks, Morgan. Thank you very much. Didn't you thank her already? Why are you thanking her again? Well, I'm thinking her. I'm thinking her on the podcast. Uh, all right. I feel like it's appropriate to thank her on the podcast too, it, right? Yeah. No, it is. It yeah, is. Why are you being a jerk? I don't because I like to be a dick to you, Jason. What? Why what is the you, sky blue? Right, exactly, Jason. What did you get up to this week? Uh, I got up to some Ace Combat Seven. That's <laughs> yeah. basically what I've been playing this week. Entering the danger zone. Yes, kicking the tires and lighting the fires. That's right. We had the need. The, the need, need for, speed. for speed. That was terrible. Yeah, that it was, was awful. <laughs> you guys weren't timed at all. <laughs> no, Joe. What did you get up to this week? I got the need for speed real bad. I can't stop playing that game. I don't know. Okay, we'll get into that later. Anyway, yeah. I also had the need for the speeds, uh, but I also played some wordscapes on my phone. Oh. Yeah. Not really Did you learning play it on the words. toilet? No, I didn't, but I have gotten in, in seven days of playing 400 levels. It's not a hard game. <laughs> it must not. It must not be. No, it's not. If Bad Gamer Crowley can do well, anybody can do well. So there you go. We've caught up for the week. So why don't we just jump into news? Because God knows we had 72,000 news articles we had to sift through this week. There was a lot of news this week. Yeah, we just grabbed everything and threw it in there. <laughs> we really <laughs> did. But we've trimmed it down for you, the listener, to only the nuggets of podcasting gold. Well, they are nuggets. Yeah, they are nuggets. Uh, so the study finds that Xbox players are better at gaming than PS4 or PC owners. Now, before everybody freaks out, I just I need to preface what we're about to say with a gentleman, and I use that term very loosely, in our Discord by the name of Cab. You may be familiar with him. He's been on this show several times preaching the virtues of the Xbox and semen thieves. Uh, he posted this article and said, ha, 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 Xbox owners, best owners. He didn't really well, read the article. No, he must not have. There's yeah, no way he did. Well, I, I certainly understand what he was trying to do by, you know, pointing out the obvious and reinforcing that with an article. I don't think this was the right article to do that. No. So the article, which will be linked in the show notes, but from uh, Unilad in UK... 
uh, basically says that uh, there was a study that was launched specifically to promote Call of Duty Black Ops 4. And they used the uh, LG's Elite Reaction Test to test the reaction times of players. Then they asked the players, what did they game on? So there's a couple of th- problems with this study already. Like, it was done to promote a game. It wasn't done for science. It didn't use scientific measurements. And it was only done with 1,400 people. And then they asked these people what they played on. Yep. So Yeah, and they a- asked them what they played on most, which isn't necessarily a re- like people are not reliable when they answer questions like that. Right. Right. And so it's it's not even really an accurate measure of the popularity of the Xbox because they said what do you play on the most and yeah, it's it, it was a flawed study to say the least. I mean, that's the best case scenario. The results of the study were on average Xbox players hit 78% of the targets. PS4 players hit 74% of the targets, and PC players got 70% of the targets. I don't... Cab, stop posting stupid (laughs) stuff in our Discord. However, if you're a listener and you'd like to join in this idiocy, please go to eargluemedia.com, click the Discord button, and come tell Cab he's an idiot. (laughs) Or support him and what he was trying to do, like I said, stating the obvious, but... We need to come up with some better statistical studies. I don't know how you can say he's stating the obvious when that, obviously there's no test out there that has been scientifically done to back up your this, this outrageous just, claims. This is just Jason pretending that Xbox gamers are better. He doesn't want to admit it. He doesn't know how to admit it. He can't this is Microsoft propaganda there's, is what this is. This is, nothing yeah, exactly. this is all propaganda. There's no study out there because, I mean, what's the point? It's just going to state the obvious. Xbox players are better. You got to prove that. Let's just move on and talk about the real, the real console, the PS5. The one that doesn't exist yet? Well, apparently it didn't exist until earlier this week when Sony confirmed that new hardware is coming. Did, did anybody need to be told this? Apparently, yeah. yeah, people needed to be told. I don't understand why people thought this wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah, we're just stating the obvious again. Like Crowley's a jerk. <laughs> and the Xbox players are better. Nah, uh, it was less applicable. Yeah, both of you. <laughs> Sony CEO, Kinichiro Yoshida, I am sure I butchered that and I apologize, uh, told the Financial Times, quote, it is necessary to have next generation hardware. End quote. Thanks, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> and then the internet exploded off of that statement. Yeah, well, and they created an entire art. I mean, this was a long article, too. This wasn't just a short, hey, Sony confirmed that there's a PlayStation 5 coming. This was a long article that said nothing. And yeah, and there are multiple articles, too. This isn't the only long article that says nothing. There's a lot of long articles that say, hey, they're going to make a PS5. Well, it gets better because comicbook.com had a uh, an article. Man, I, look, gaming journalism blows. Uh, that said Sony reportedly is asking for help from users to define the future of the PlayStation 5 in a new survey. This is what it says. Hi, we'd like to hear your opinions on console gaming. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> all so it says. We'd like to hear your opinions on console gaming. This helps us plan for the future of PlayStation. It doesn't say the future PlayStation. It says the future of PlayStation. And these idiots over at comicbook.com have figured, oh, they're obviously talking about the PS5. Yeah, they're connecting dots that really aren't there. And this is all over the internet, too. And I think all this is is people getting super hyped because we're in that, that quiet calm before the new consoles come out. And as every time, people get outrageously excited for every single mention of the next generation thing because their wildest imaginations take over. And when in fact, when they actually announce them, they're just going to be like iterative, slightly better hardware of the same thing. And it'll just be more better and not special. Well, people are talking about the new Xbox already as well. And that hasn't, I mean, I guess Microsoft hasn't confirmed that. No, they have. They've already stated that AMD is going to be a partner on the next. Oh Xbox. yeah, that's right. They did. So yeah, I it was guess. Last week. Yeah, I don't remember much of last week. It was a blur. Uh, 
Forbes has an article saying how Microsoft is set to just own the next generation of consoles. And that, yeah, that could thanks. definitely happen. They lay out some good points. They do. Let me just go through the, the points here. Again, I, I'll, I'll, I'll link this article uh, on the show notes, and it's by a gentleman named Paul Tassie. Over there, he's a senior contributor uh, contributor uh, at Forbes.com. Uh, so he says that they're going to have the Power Edge at launch. Uh, they focus on gaming, not gimmicks, which would be a departure from the, uh, the, the last launch for the Xbox One. Yeah, that really hurt Microsoft on this last generation, them insisting that the Kinect be sold with the Xbox One. Yeah, that was that was stupid. Uh, continue growing the Xbox Game Pass and force Sony to follow. Have these investments. And that's an actual, I, that's probably the biggest one because Game Pass, for all of Xbox's many, many sins, I'm looking at you, Seaman Thieves. <laughs> this kind of shines. Like, I wish PlayStation had a Game Pass. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm currently a Game Pass subscriber. What? Yeah, I play those games on my PC. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't play them on an Xbox. <laughs> Definitely play them on a PC. But yeah. you do uh, play them on the Xbox platform. No, I open up the Windows Store and I play them there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not anything about Xbox. That's the Windows Store, man. Uh, launch with a killer Fable 4. Look, how many times have we heard the Fable game is going to be amazing? And how many times has the Fable game fallen flat? The answer is three. <laughs> yeah, but Peter Molyneux is not associated with Fable anymore. So hopefully he's not going to be, you know, promising the world and delivering a, a dirt clod. <laughs> oh, like this entire article lays out a case for how Microsoft could win the next generation. Yeah, thing. But all I, of these things are hypothetical. The power like edge launches last if one. they take it. Well, yeah, sure. like this last one, revitalize so, Halo and Gear of, Gears of War. I don't see that happening. Nah, me neither. I think those are done. I I do too. I think those are yeah. dead IPs. I th yeah, they really do need to come up with some new IPs to replace or, those. Or at least give them a long break. Very long break. Like yep. another six or seven years. And then maybe pull one out of mothballs and be like, you know what? Let's reboot Gears of War. It'll just be all all chainsaws all the time. But they, they definitely, I mean, they acquired a bunch of studios in the last couple of years. They need to put them to work and get some new IP because, uh, like, that's my biggest complaint with Xbox right now. All their first-party stuff is the same stuff it's been forever. And they've got some good studios behind them. They've got Ninja Theory. They've got Obsidian. Obsidian puts out great games. So I think, Do they have uh, EA? What? Do they have EA? No, they do not have EA. Well, then they're probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure. I hadn't missed something. <laughs> double checking. Let's <laughs> double check it. Well, I'll tell you this. Microsoft has learned one thing, and that's to not rip off the Carlton dance. Uh, for, uh, Forza Horizon 4 has removed all the controversial dances at the center of the Fortnite lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even targeted. This is they were. This is just them being uh, overly cautious. Getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, they, they they just they don't want to be named in a lawsuit and have to go through that litigation. They're just being overly cautious. They're going to pull it out, see what happens, and then they'll probably put it back in once this is dumped in court. You think it's going to get dumped in court? You think oh, this yeah. is a non-starter for Carlton? Yeah, oh, Carlton yeah. is barking First, up the wrong tree here. I'm not even sure he has standing to even sue. Um, and, no, wait, and let me give let me give everybody just some background on you, Jason. This is what Jason does for fun. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, yeah. Like when he's I'm not, not playing video games, nerd. yeah, he just he's like, oh look, case law. Let me read this. <laughs> so I'm not sure he even has standing to sue um, because he came up with those dance moves while he was on the Fresh Pence of Bel Air. So it's it's not certain that the production company that created the Fresh Pence of Bel Air doesn't own that. But second, the the copyright laws that. Uh, warrant or that govern over dance moves, and that came about in the 70s, kind of uh, makes it clear that dances that are used for like social engagements or social dances are not protected by copyright. Right. And I, I looked into this too a little bit, and 
uh, dance moves can't be copyrighted. Only specific, Why only specific choreography can be copyrighted. Yeah, it has to be a completely choreographed thing. Yeah, so you can put a bunch of dance moves together, and that creates choreography, and that's protected by copyright. Why would you? Why would anybody look into this? Who cares? Well, after we <laughs> talked about it last time, and we were, and the, it came up whether or not that could be copyrighted. I did a four-second Google search after that episode just because I was curious, <laughs> and it was super clear that it was Isn't not right. copyrightable as dance moves. Carlton's Google Foo needs some needs some help. All a right, lot gotcha. of help. Right. Mm-hmm. Here, uh, let me ask this: Is Microsoft coming out with a VR headset this next this next iteration this next console? The rumor is yes. Oh, so it's just a rumor. So probably not. However, there is some news on some of the new headsets. And for that, let's just talk to our, our headset guru, Joe. Yeah, so there's there's a couple of new headsets announced, uh, but two of them that I thought were really cool uh, were the Oculus Quest. And this one I'm actually super interested in. And the Oculus Quest is like a couple of steps above all of your current like phone powered or standalone VR things. It's not quite full PC level, but it'll play most of the the games on Steam and it has six degrees of freedom. So you can like walk around. It's inside out tracking and tracked hands. So it's sort of the same experience that you would get out of an Oculus or the Vive. Um, and it's all contained and it's only 400 bucks with controllers. Uh, and that sounds like it could be a pretty awesome step into what comes next. Um, and the other really big one that I saw that I thought was pretty great was the HTC Vive Pro I. And this is the first consumer thing to have foveated rendering. And what that does uh, is techno babble for eye tracking that renders what you're looking at in high resolution and everything else gets blurry because you're not looking at it. So that frees up a whole lot of uh, horsepower so you can like game way harder with way less hardware that sounds like it would take a ton of memory um like it's just it's, to track it's, just to track your eyes it's done it's done on headset so the eye tracking is all done in the headset man I, yeah but it's got a process how fast your eyes are moving and depending yep. on what where the action is i right, don't know yeah. man like that sounds really cool it also it, sounds like it's going to be like a lot of work it does sound cool, and and this is one of the reasons I haven't jumped into the VR pool yet, is because I mean I have a I have a mid to high range PC. I don't dump just tons of money into it to upgrade. I upgrade in increments, and so I'm never on the bleeding edge. But current VR headsets, I mean, they require a pretty hefty PC, and I just don't have something that that will push it to you know push it to make it worthwhile to to use. So. I'm excited that they're actually coming out with VR headsets that will work on, you know, not bleeding edge PCs or are PC less. Yeah, they, they've got those. It's called the PSVR. Yeah, well, even that isn't six degrees of freedom, really. I mean, this is a totally different thing. No, I get uh, that. I understand right. and, that. And this phobia but... rendering, since since VR became a thing again, since the first Oculus um, and consumer VR that didn't suck started to happen. All I've been hearing and all like the technical forums and stuff is foveated rendering. If they can make it work, is going to be the thing that unlocks this to more people. It's going to be the thing that makes average computers capable of running VR. And they kept saying, Oculus kept saying it was a decade out. And at least it was a thing they were working on, but it was a, a future thing. And the fact that HTC and the Vive Pro I have it working at CES right now. People are wearing this thing and seeing it in person already. Is I feel like this is, if this is as good as advertised, could be a huge leap forward for consumer VR. What do they have? They announced any kind of pricing, or do they know about where it's going to be priced? Because that's so that's another they, huge they didn't, pediment. They didn't announce pricing, but there was a comment made that it would be around Vive Pro kind of pricing, which would be probably around uh, 900-ish dollars for just the headset, no controllers. Expensive, yeah, uh, but that's first generation. Maybe a year or two out, it'll be Vive priced. Well, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that because there's an article on Upload VR that basically says that the number of headsets on Steam 
have doubled. All three major PC VR platforms have contributed to the growth. The article says the Oculus Rift grew by 85%, the Vive by 65%, and the Windows MR headsets uh, started the year with too few headsets to even register, but are now at 0.07%. So people are buying these headsets, uh, and they even say that the Vive uh, was down as low as $150 at one point this year. That's still not a lot of people, though. No, it's, but it's, it's, still, it's, uh, it's still a pretty small market. It's, but it's steady growth. And, that is true. And, and steady growth is a good sign. I don't know if it's enough, but it's a good sign. It is. But yeah, I, st I still haven't seen a killer app for it yet. And well, that's... Man! Okay, look. Man, I'm we gonna... got to get you into Bridge Crew, dude. Dude, Star Trek so. Bridge Crew is it. That is, is it? it. Yeah, that's the gold standard of what VR should be, could be. And it like if you use that as a foundation as a jumping off point for what a game can do, man, the sky's the limit. Man, I understand that it's way bigger budget than most of the VR stuff out there is, but they did something so smart with that that so few other games have done, and they made that cross-platform. That is all VR headsets, including PSVR, all play together in that. And Joe, you and I need to get into a bridge crew. We should get into a bridge crew. I was thinking that while I was saying it. Uh, so few games that the biggest problem with VR is a lot of the stuff is multiplayer. For some reason. Um, and with the install base so small, it can be really hard to find a game. And wearing a VR headset and standing in your room like blind and waiting for a game to load isn't the best experience. But I never had that problem with Bridge Crew because it's all platforms together. Uh, I think more games should take advantage of that. I don't know how hard that is, but Bridge Crew did it. I think it's just flipping a switch. I think it is just flipping a Probably switch, but so. a lot of the VR stuff is way small studios, though. Um, I have a friend that works on some VR stuff, and it has like 12 people in his studio. It's, yeah, and that could be just because the sheer number of headsets is so low. I think it is. I think this is a thing where we like the steady growth means that slightly bigger budget games continue to drop in one at a time. You know, you start to see big budget games have VR experiences, which we'll talk about a little bit later with Ace Combat, um, I think as more of that happens, you'll start to see bigger studios get into games more and uh, more VR headsets will get sold and it'll it'll start to snowball, but we're a ways out still. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I look forward to that because yeah, it's just the greatest gaming experience, as long as you don't get sick. And we'll talk about that <laughs> uh, a little bit later as well. <laughs> <laughs> for, for now, Crowley can we talk? Got a, Crowley got a tummy ache. No, huh. Crowley didn't get a tummy ache, and he'll explain why he didn't uh, later on. But let's let's talk about the Pinkertons. Let's let's just the the Pinkertons decided that they wanted to sue uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption Two for kind their of. yeah kind of for their portrayal in that Western video game. So they actually sent a Take-Two Interactive a cease and desist for using their trademark, uh, which is the Pinkerton Detective Agency, which the Pinkertons haven't been called by since the turn of the century. But um, the, the current Pinkerton Agency sent Take-Two Interactive a cease and desist, and Take-Two Interactive said, no, nah, we're not having any of this foolishness, and they sued the Pinkertons in uh, federal court saying that their use of their uh, trademark was covered under fair use, and would the judge please smack this down? <laughs> so the portrayal of the Pinkertons in Red Dead Redemption Two was not very flattering. Yeah, it's deserved. Yeah, it's they're they were douchebags. Yeah, yeah, they were douchebags. Yeah, and so they're still douchebags, is what I'm gathering. From yeah, they were douchebags then; they're douchebags now. Yeah, but Perfect. now they're claiming that they weren't douchebags, which but they is were really funny. Yeah. And I they mean, are. There's all sorts of historical documents showing their douchebaggery. Yeah. Their douchery. <laughs> I didn't know they were still a thing. Yeah. They, are, uh, they were bought by a Swedish security company, and now they do like security consulting. Yeah, Wait, so I saw it, that in the article, and I was shocked that there's so like, are any the desire. Swedes, are they trying to rewrite history like most snowflakes? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. It, this doesn't sound like a Swedish thing. I think this it is doesn't. probably just. I think this is probably the Pinkerton 
you know, subsidiary of, of that people, company that's doing it. I think a I, bunch like, of people at the Pinkerton saw how much money Red Dead was making and wanted some PR and cash and tried to make a thing out of it. I think, I think that's, that's all probably this was. it. Yeah. Uh, look, man, if you're a douchebag, go apply at Pinkerton. They're just douchebags throughout history. Yeah, they're uh, they're really showing their colors here. Well, one good douche deserves another. Kotaku. <laughs> Let's talk about this trash magazine. Uh, not to be outdone by the Kotaku contributor Gita Jackson. You like to say that name, don't you? I do. Yeah, Zach yeah, Zweizen, say that 17 times fast. You want me to? Because I'll do it. Wrote an article, no I don't, entitled, <laughs> I Can't Stop Buying Resident Evil 4. So Gita Jackson can't buy the right game, and Zach Zweizen wants to buy Resident Evil 4 repeatedly for reasons. He yeah. has it on the 360, the PS4, the PS2, the Wii, the PC, the Xbox One. He even went so far as to find, try to find a console sold only in Brazil and Mexico called the Zebo, so that he could have Resident Evil 4 on the Zebo as well. Yeah, this guy has a problem. I'm not sure if this article was a cry for help or if he seriously thought that this was a I don't good know article. why this is an article. I think it's a dumb article. Like, listen, a lot of people buy games multiple times, and this guy's not special because you wanted to buy one on a Brazilian console. I mean, why is this? A, then why is this an article on Kotaku? I don't understand why Kotaku. How are has you shocked that, about anything that Kotaku writes anymore? How are you even a little surprised by Kotaku ever at this point? Because I have faith and hope in humanity, oh, and they crush it every week. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna like. There are games that I have bought way more than once, uh, but I've never gone so far as this guy. Would so you write an article about it? Because no, apparently I, you can. I don't want to write an article about anything, though. And I Kotaku will pay you. I want to write an article for for Kotaku entitled, I hate Kotaku, and here's why. Now just, please pay I, me. I just thought of the greatest thing that we could ever do. Um, <laughs> Crowley, I need you to start now. Just start yeah. teaching yourself how to write. And maybe by the end of this year, you can be a Kotaku employee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> Actually, I, I can write. You have the how-to from last week on how to become that's, a Kotaku employee. That's true. Employee. I mean, she I laid do. it that's out. That's right. Gita Jackson did lay it out for me. Maybe I should just start if practicing this time now. next year you're writing for Kotaku, I'm going to retire. <laughs> if i ever write for kotaku i need one of you to shoot me can we please make this happen why do you just want to shoot me maybe let's move on from news let's talk about something that happened in our discord this week because the bad gamers anonymous discord and probably just our podcast as a whole likes to rehash old arguments <laughs> That never go away. Like, which is better? PS4 or Xbox? Every week, somebody says something dumb, and I feel the need to address it. I think it's more you than our podcast and our Discord. I feel like every time somebody says something, you need to dig up a 20-year-old argument about it. It's because, they, look, they just they, leave they, it hanging. They, they just leave it hanging. You like that low-hanging fruit, dude. It's delicious. <laughs> he, he just can't leave it hanging. He can't. What? <laughs> I got something hanging for both of you. Let me see it. <laughs> Let's talk about what makes a gamer. Like, what constitutes a gamer? What What is the minimum requirement for you to have the title gamer? You call you yourself games, a gamer. Yeah, I think if you play games and you love them, you're a gamer. I don't think there's any minimum amount to play. If you, I think if you play games you and you game, love them, you're a gamer. If you play games on a mobile device exclusively, are you a gamer? Sure. sure. You play them and you love them. <laughs> I can't even with either one of you right now. What? It's not uh, accurate. So Crowley, what is Crowley the governing wants, body over what entitles a, a person to call themselves a gamer? Apparently it's Crowley. Crowley what are the rules? That Where are the regulations on this? Are there membership cards? Do we have to take a picture? I just figured it was common knowledge. You had to like actually game. 
Okay, what's so actually gaming. What's the minimum to yeah. be actually well, that's like gaming? Say, like it's playing Scrabble gaming. Sure. Sure. No. Oh, yeah. man, there's a lot of skill and and knowledge involved in Scrabble. Have you ever played somebody who's really good at Scrabble? My wife's grandmother kicked my butt in Scrabble many times. All right, let's go at this from a different angle. Crowley, why don't you give us your gatekeeping spiel about why people aren't gamers unless you say they are? <laughs> why do I? I am not the gatekeeper, sir. If You're I'm the, the only one who thinks that you I have to, to be a certain amount of I need gamer to, find to be the, a gamer. I need to find the key master. That's a that's a Ghostbusters <laughs> reference. Yeah, I know. Yes, I just didn't care. Just <laughs> so making sure you do there, millennial. Look, I think what constitutes being a gamer, there's like the minimum requirement is you either have to own a console or a PC. It doesn't matter which one. You just got to own one. Why is you, that I, I, a requirement? Ten out, like 10 hours a week. Like you're actually putting in effort. 10 hours game. a week? Yeah. You're out of control. How a is that people, out of control? A lot of people don't have 10 hours a week to play games, even then if they absolutely love them. Yeah, then, then they're still a gamer. you're a filthy casual. No, no you're a filthy you, casual. Oh, so you're, yeah, so you're clearly just like an elitist gatekeeping piece of crap here, dude. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah, matter. No. It doesn't matter if you can only play two hours. Dude, if you, if you only have two hours a week of free time and you choose to use them on gaming because you love it, Get you're good, a gamer. Scrub. Get good. Why is this an issue anyway i mean i i forget who somebody cares? said something in discord <laughs> <laughs> if you I call yourself a gamer or not what? well look, you can call yourself an apache attack helicopter it doesn't make you an apache attack helicopter i am an point. apache attack helicopter but you're not i have the that's degree. my point just calling yourself a gamer doesn't make you a gamer <laughs> if you play games with whatever time you have if you play uh, games and you love them, you're a I gamer. Suppose. There's no I minimum amount of playing a game. Listen, man. if you work 75 hours a week or something, or if you have a family and you can't spend all of your time gaming, but when you have time, you decide to use it to play a game because you love playing games, you're a gamer. I there suppose. shouldn't be a minimum number of hours. I don't think there is, but I don't think you could just call yourself a gamer and be like, yeah, I'm a gamer. I think that you, there has to be some effort put forth. If you're putting forth effort to carve out even just a minimal amount of time every week in order to play a game, then yeah, sure, you're a gamer. I don't think there's like a, a set number of hours, but gaming on your phone, that doesn't make you a gamer. Uh, that makes you everybody. I, I think that, that's becoming less and less that, the case. No, because by that becoming- rationale, Every grandparent on the planet is a gamer. Yeah. No, sure. that's we not talked how this works. about sure. some grandparents who were gamers. Yeah, I, I get I, that. And what were they gaming on? They weren't gaming on their phone, were they? I don't they think might the platform matters, dude. Phone? I don't think the platform matters. If you are playing a game, you're playing a game. I want to know of, what the a lot of think. games. A lot of games on phones now are not that far off from where oh, what we're playing. On. I think that's a discussion for a different podcast because that's, that's a, a that is that's that a is comment, not accurate. That's a comment that you made to me on the first time I was on this show. Oh, it comes well, back around. That. I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like like to flip flop, huh? You're yeah. a flip flopper. We're gonna have Damn to go fish. back to the replay on that. Call me John Kerry. <laughs> that's a political reference for all you snowflakes out there they're too young to remember oh lord all right fine i like i, I don't know man like, i want to hear from the people what do you consider gamer is a gamer somebody who just games on their mobile phone is a gamer somebody who has to like put forth some effort i mean certainly there there's uh, a big giant swath of people who could be considered gamers and sure, you could call even filthy casuals can call themselves gamers. I tend to think of a gamer, <laughs> someone who puts in a little more effort than just a filthy casual. Like, oh, look, I got 10 minutes. Let me let me pull up Candy Crush on my phone. That's not a gamer. That's someone who's bored. Luckily, your opinion doesn't count. Oh, it's my show. I don't care. <laughs> How does it? I, I don't uh, even uh, know. I don't, I don't care. Even, I, don't I mean, what's what's the harm of somebody calling themselves a gamer that doesn't fit your criteria? Yeah, this is just this is just you wanting to be in an exclusive club and not liking that somebody else claims they're in it. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it's lame. <laughs> How is that lame? It's not. It shouldn't be. It's better if it's not exclusive. It's better. No, if it's I big. don't. I want it to be exclusive. I don't need filthy casuals coming up in here and being like, "I'm a gamer." No, you're not. You're just a cranky old idiot, dude. Let it go. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Let's oh, talk. You tell me that so many times a week. 
Well, it didn't. Why don't you just do it? I'm not going to. I'm here to stay. No. <laughs> I'm moving in, pops. Oh, <laughs> got the basement ready. He is a millennial. Uh, he is a millennial. Absolutely. Let's talk about Ace Combat 7. This is the game uh, of the month for January, the first game of the month, 2019 for Bad Gamers Anonymous. And we're going to give you the full rundown here because honestly, there's not a whole lot to this game. Nope. Like at, at first I thought, well, maybe we should just do like this is our initial impression show. Like we'll just talk about it a little bit and what we kind of thought. And then we can deep dive into it throughout the week because this game literally released what Thursday night midnight eastern time yep yep unfortunately and if we do a deep dive on this game we're gonna hurt ourselves because this game is pretty shallow yeah i can't yeah. disagree with that yeah but it's fun I it has moments with that either it does have moments that's probably the best way to put it let's just jump into it so there are a couple of different gaming modes with this there's single player mode multiplayer mode and then there is vr mode and we'll take one of the each one of these one, one at a time and and try to uh, break these down as best we can for what they are like. They call this a simulation. I th let's just talk about that real quick. Is Ace Combat Seven an actual dogfighting simulator, Jason? No. Joe, no, it is not. There's a there's a plane in the single player that has a force field. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is obviously not a, a f flight simulator of any fashion. No. No. Okay. Let's talk about mission design. Single player. It's crap. Why? It is not good. Uh, it's repetitive. The missions are super long and the checkpointing is garbage. Yes. <laughs> what do you it, mean the checkpointing is garbage? So frequently if you fail a mission, even like 20 minutes in, it says, do you want to restart mission or restart at checkpoint? And you click restart checkpoint and it starts you at the beginning of the mission because yeah. there's no checkpoints anywhere. Oh, that's not true. So in the mission where uh, it's what the third mission, fourth mission, where you have to basically you're flying through the radar. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. I don't know if they know how radars work. They do not. No, Kay. they definitely don't. So basically, you you don't have to fly under a certain altitude to avoid the radar, which is really what you have to do or used to have to do. Uh, you have to fly in between where the radar doesn't find you, but yeah. then there's a radar a little further away. There's like just this little narrow gap that you have to fly through repeatedly around these big radar bubbles to get to your point. And once you do that, there's the checkpoint. And then later on in that mission, once the, the VIP has lifted off and is taking up, that's a checkpoint. So that's at least two checkpoints. There are checkpoints in this game, but they're terrible. They're not. So, so like okay. when you have, when you have a mission in a standard game, think of any campaign mode you can think of. Typically you would get a checkpoint after you complete each objective. Normally that's about where they put them. You go through like the first leg of the mission and it'll say, Oh, check, uh, uh, objective completed. And then like, you'll get some dialogue, maybe a little cutscene, and then it'll put you on a new objective and send you in a new direction. And if you have to restart, you restart at that cutscene to the next part. That's kind of how checkpointing works in modern games. Uh, in this game, you can go four or five objectives in, uh, three or four cutscenes, and die and then start the entire thing over. It's inconsistent. Some missions, the checkpoint's right at like a minute after the mission starts, and then there's a big gap before the next one. Some missions, there's no first checkpoint for forever into the mission. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like they just randomly threw pins into the story, random spots to have checkpoints somewhere. Yeah, and the, and the mission design is awful too. I mean, you made a great point. They don't know how radar works. There's a, there's a fly around the radar bubble mission that was, you know, just dumb. Uh, and I got stuck and had to do like half a dozen different retries on this stupid mission six where you have to blow up certain targets and you get points per target and you have to reach a, a point threshold within a certain amount of time. That's another mission that has no checkpoints. You have 15 minutes to get 17,000 points. And if you don't make it, you're starting that 15 minutes over. So I wasted probably three hours of my life trying to get through that stupid mission. 
And at one point, I had 10 points to go, and I swear a missile missed on purpose. I tried to hit a warehouse, and it missed. I have no idea how that happened. Are you saying you couldn't hit the broadside of a barn? That's what I'm saying. I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a missile during that mission. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. So I think those are two valid problems with this game for sure. I think another one has to do with the story. This story is terrible. It's a really bad low-budget anime. Yeah, it's not It's not even that. I've seen good low-budget animes. This is... Yeah, it's a bad low-budget anime. I don't even know what this is. This is like an independent comic strip writer just it's terrible i don't have any of the ace combat stories ever been good i can't remember a single one no that's a fair point i guess you know what you're getting when you buy something in the series but it's just because they've all been garbage doesn't mean i'm going to give this one a pass for being garbage no no yeah it's it's 2019 like we it's time to to update this game i'm just saying we can't be surprised that the story isn't any good because it's an ace combat game but a lot of this game feels like it's in the like came out in the wrong year, like the the yeah. the checkpointing, the mission design, the the story, the menus, the matchmaking. A lot of this stuff. Let's talk feels... about the menus for a second because it's a lot to get through. Yeah, it's it's not very intuitive at all. Oh, I have a real bone to pick with the menus. Saving your loadouts is stupid because you have to back up. It's almost like you want to cancel your loadout before you can save it it's it's dumb right so typically when you're saving your setup in any game you do your setup and then you hit the x button on the ps4 to save it and move on you hit the circle button to back out of that menu to not save it to cancel what it is you're doing nope not in ace combat 7 in ace combat 7 it's you just hit circle like you're done and you hit circle and it says hey are you sure you want to save this and it's yes or no. Like, it's just very backwards. I cannot stand the aircraft tree. I can't stand it. <laughs> so every time you... Un- so you, you acquire your your MRP, whatever it is, uh, to unlock stuff. And especially in multiplayer, you usually have a very quick amount of time to go in, unlock something, and equip it because people are ready to jump the gun to get into the next match. You unlock a thing, and then it opens up like five lines to the next five things that you can now unlock because you paid for that one. Oh yeah. And it and it chases that line one at a time to each thing slowly as you watch the little 20 second countdown thing countdown and you can't skip it, you can't back out around yeah. it, you can't equip anything until it's all done and typically it takes if I have the money to unlock something, typically it takes at least two matches worth of frantically going through menus in the in between to get it equipped, unlocked and equipped. Yeah, and then there's the so there are other upgrades that are behind higher costing uh, airplanes, right? But you can equip that stuff to your older airplanes as well. Yeah. Right. I don't understand why. Like there should just be a, here's all the stuff like choose. It should be pick and choose. Like here's all the, the uh, accessories. Here are all the weapons. Here's all the skins. Here's all the, here's all the stuff you can buy for the airplane. And now here's all the here's all the airplanes. Yeah, the tech tree is a little weird. I mean, it's it's laid out similar to to tech trees and other kind of flight sim games, but the ordering of some of the the tech on that tech tree is is a little odd. Let's talk about multiplayer. Because single player, like if we were going to rate single player, it's probably a four or five. I was going to say three on the single player. Yeah. See. Yeah. Like, what would you rate just the single player? Like. Three? Three. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. That's not to say that's not to say that the missions aren't fun and they don't have moments where you're like, wow, this is a lot of fun. Like I get the feel of this airplane. But it's just tedious to get to those moments. Right. So multiplayer is a lot of the same thing. I like the multiplayer. I like it a lot. Let's talk about matchmaking first. Matchmaking is straight out of 2005. True story. Yeah, it's bad. So you create a room. You can either just make it a private room and invite your friends, or you can make it an open room. And there's team deathmatch, and then there's battle royal. Now, battle royal is basically just a fancy way of saying free-for-all. Yep. Yeah, they're just capitalizing on battle royales being popular. Yeah, it's not what it is. It's just 
free for all. It, no, it it's, is, it's still only eight planes. It's not. It's not like they're putting. If they were putting like fifty planes in there, it'd be awesome. But it's not. It's only eight. <laughs> that would just be chaos. Yeah, it'd be. It'd be a mess. But I'd be all about it. <laughs> I don't know if it'd be a mess because I feel like there are there are people that go into these rooms as a unit, and they know what they're doing. Sometimes you definitely get that. Yeah, but those yeah, aren't we, the people that are going to go in for free for all. No, they're going to no, go in team deathmatch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it is straight out of 2005. There is no skill level. There's no skill matching. There's no levels in the game, which doesn't make sense to me. It's also like you. I don't often see like server lists anymore, like long server lists with how many players are in them that you could to keep clicking on. And it tells you that the room is full and you have to try again. Like everything's quick match now. Yeah. Yeah, they're a little behind. Uh, Bandai yeah, Namco. Well, a and, and a this bit. is a game that will allow you to take a an entry level plane in with people that have you know maxed out their tech tree and are using oh, the latest yeah. and greatest technology, and it's it's not even close to being fair. I don't care no, what your skill is if you're in a if you're in the opening F sixteen on the game and you're going up against an F twenty two, you're gonna have your butt handed to you. Yeah, the first game that I was in that had F twenty twos in it, I could not believe how fast they were. Yeah, it was it was like being it was it was a joke. It was a joke. I couldn't even get one in front of me. Yeah, right. But now you can you can limit how much has been spent on the plane in the room. So you can say you know you can only up to X amount of dollars. Yeah, you can do that, which kind of makes it a little more fair. But I mean, you can still take in an A ten warthog. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still want to go into a team, like a, a battle royale with you, and have you take that A ten into a full battle royale. Oh my god! <laughs> Just watch me die repeatedly. Yeah, yeah it would be really yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, you could stream that. You could, you could twitch that. I could twitch that. <laughs> Absolutely could. Uh, it, it's really hard to change the loadouts. Now, here's the thing: in a, in, a, in a, once the match is over, you can go in and you can choose a different plane and do all kinds of stuff. When you're in a public room, like these other people are waiting. They're like, come on, let's go. Like, I don't want to sit here and wait. They can say things like... Frequently, even if nobody has readied up, uh, the room owner will just start the match. Yep. So if you're trying to get something done, you usually have about 15 seconds to get it done between matches. Yeah. and But they let everybody ready up. Like, they give you that option. It's just room, room owners don't have to wait. Right. They could do what they want. <sighs> Limited game modes. There's only two, like we said, Deathmatch and, and Battle Royale. And, yeah, they're both fun. Like, we've had a blast watching me get shot down repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely you've have. You've shot us down a few times. I don't think I've shot anybody down yet. No, you have. I have. I know you've shot me down at least twice. You okay, shot me well, down a couple go. of times, but never when it was just the two of us. No, no. When it's, when it's the two of us in a room, yeah. Yeah, no, I suck. I like bad game of Crowley. It's not just a clever nickname. <laughs> Living up to the name. That's right. Uh, so th that's limiting. I wish there was more to it where you could do uh, co-op sorties. That would be awesome. Yep. That would yeah, be fun. that would be fun. Uh, and I feel like, in, again, in 2019, this game is just lacking some pretty basic modes. And there's yeah, even, you could like buy a season game. pass for this. Yeah, I want. I wonder what they're what's coming in that. I, I wonder are they going to add stuff to online? Like a full or, game? Uh, maybe. I hope so. I don't know. It's probably more their asinine missions. I just I can't. I can't see what else they're going to put. Yeah. I mean, co-op. No mode. one's clamoring for more yeah. of this story. I'm not, yeah. not going to lie. I'm not playing another minute of single player. I'm done with it. I mean, honestly, if you have to have a season pass to get better multiplayer, I'm I'm out. I don't know. I want the uh, I want that skin that you've got that where your plane's just jet black. Oh yeah, that like, one that I have for the F uh, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's that. a cool skin. I've gotten to the point now where uh, the planes that I'm flying in multiplayer uh, are all high enough on the tech tree that I have to beat like mission twenty or whatever in the single player to get any skins for them. So I'm just not gonna have skins because I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I'm fine. I'm fine without skins. Don't oh care. man, you've—I uh, can't believe there's a mission twenty. How far are remember. you? I'm on mission on tech... seven. Joe, on in single player. Yeah, I th think I just finished five. Right. Have fun with six. 
I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. I'm not even going to click single player one more time. It's over. Let's it's talk dead about to me. graphics. Let's just let's start giving this game a little bit of praise because it does do some things right. Yes. I gave it let's, some praise. I love the multiplayer. I had a lot of fun with that. Right. But let's talk about graphics. They nail yep. the graphics as far as I'm concerned. I, the game looks very good. Yeah. The plane detail the is do. awesome. The plane detail, the the sky detail, the mountain whenever it's rushing up to you to kill you is awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, the game looks great when you're playing it. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, even the cities look good. I mean, I'm not saying they look fantastic. Yeah, I'm not looking at the cities long enough to really care, but yeah, they look, they, I mean, they look all right they look until fun. you get close. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't, give them, don't give them too it, close of a look. They got kind of like racing game environments. They look great from a distance, but you get a little too close to anything and right. yeah. Falls right. apart a little bit. Uh, character models. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little, a little rough. They they didn't they didn't spend a lot of time on the on the cut screen graphics for the character models. No. This, this thing has no. definitely got the same graphics model as racing games. The planes <laughs> are awesome, and everything else is kind of okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Let's talk about music. Is the music good? No, I, no, I, <laughs> I not, honestly just put on my own music now and I play. It's not terrible though. It's like kind of in between epic and I just want to turn it off. Yeah, it's just there. I mean, it's not it's not annoying enough for me to turn it off, but I definitely did it, turn it down. It crossed into turn it off for me. I, I would much rather listen to my own music. Than There's what's not in there. enough danger zone in this. That's There's true. Not this nearly game. enough danger. It zone. needs a thousand percent more Kenny Loggins. No, well, just danger zone. Like, don't go overboard. Okay. I don't need like the entire Kenny Loggins. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. You're right. I stand corrected. Just, yeah, just danger zone. <laughs> like, I wanted to play danger zone so bad when it's just the three of us because I've got my uh, Amazon Alexa like right next to me, and I just want to say, "Hey, Alexa, like play danger zone," but I can't do that while I'm on Twitch because they'll shut us down. So just, just know, everybody, like, when you're watching us. I'm playing Danger Zone in my head. Uh, let's talk about the voice acting. Uh, this is just straight up terrible. Like yeah, if you it's bad. If, if you thought that the story was terrible anime, this is terrible anime voice acting when you listen to the American uh, or the English version. It is absolutely god-awful. It's so lifeless. There's no life to it at all. Well, there's no life to the story. I mean, they they did what they could with the script that was written, and yeah, it's just... Did they? I don't think they did. I don't think they did either. Oh, come on. You can't imagine reading this script and going, oh yeah, I'm knocking this out of the ballpark. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I'm getting paid as a voice actor, that's exactly what I'm going to do. You're going to do your best. Just hold on. Just hold on. I'm going to voice act Joe's life for just a minute. Okay. And I'm going to show you what you can do with absolutely nothing. It's four 45 in the morning. I'm up I'm drinking a cup of coffee before I go to the gym so I can work out. I'm actually Crow- at work already. Crowley needs to look at my guns more. I like it when Crowley looks at my guns. It makes me feel like more of a man. This is, this is all, this is Crowley talking about how much he loves my guns. <laughs> Seven o'clock. You like them? They make you steamy, bud. It's you my feeling first good? break of the day. You're awful. Hate, you couldn't. I you hate, wouldn't even make the cut for this game. I didn't I realize you were so a much. 1940s detective. Yeah, yeah. no, that's yeah. I feel, I, that's how like Joe sounds in my head. <laughs> you got a weird head, dude. Crowley's got a weird head. It's always looking at my guns. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I'm gonna start she walked into my in office. Pictures again. She walked into my office. She had legs that went on for days. I don't. I got nothing. All right. Anyway. <laughs> It's terrible. And then even like when you listen to the Japanese voice acting, which is so much better, 100% better, just like any anime on the planet. And even Final Fantasy 14, like the Japanese voice actors do a better job, in my opinion, than the English voice actors. The subtitles, the localization is so terrible. I feel like it was interpreted by a high school class for a class project. The only reason you think the Japanese voice acting is better is because you don't understand what they're saying. They could yeah, be reciting Mary little, Mary's Little Lamb. Yeah. and Well, they might be, but they're yelling it at me like the house is on fire. <laughs> Today I learned Crowley thinks good acting is yelling. <laughs> That's all it takes. I didn't yell when I was this, narrating your life. This man is loud. I... Give him an Academy Award. <laughs> well, if that were true, 
Like you'd Bob have Cat a lot of Gold, them. Bobcat Goldthwait that would have been huge. In the eight, oh wait, he was huge in the eighties. Anyway, the localization's <laughs> terrible. Like it's just, just stop. Like get somebody to interpret, please. Anybody, Bueller. Like I expect more of voice acting in twenty nineteen than what I got from this game. This is two thousand level voice acting. It's not even two thousand five. It's two thousand. It's turn of the century. Terrible voice acting in a video game because there's no reason to voice act in a video game because it's a video game. I feel like that's what Bandai Namco decided. Yeah, a lot. Like this is just another part of this game. Like so much else of it that feels like it's from an, a forgotten time here. Like it just feels old. It feels out of place. It's Ace Combat that they just recycled seven times. They uh, the mechanics in this game. Like, do we want to talk about that? Like, there's takeoffs and landings, right? No. It's just you just push one button. Right. Like yeah. You've really got to screw up a landing to crash. Well, and the where they t- start you at the landing, I mean, if I'm that far into my approach and I'm that far off the target runway, I, they're going to call me <laughs> off and tell me to come back around and try and land again. And there's no buzz the tower option. No, there's not, unfortunately. I want to buzz the tower. I want to hear him say, negative ghost rider, the, the pattern, pattern is, is full. full. Yes. Right. And then I do it anyway. And then I get yelled at by that guy who's a great actor. He's always yelling in all the movies. <laughs> Give that man an Academy Award. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the VR now because these two clowns do not have PSVR. And we played this game on the on the PlayStation, so I got to play the VR. It's amazing. It is absolutely phenomenal. It is by far, hands down, no question, the best part of this game. And it's still bad. (laughs) I'll get to why. The controls are terrible. They're absolutely awful. Do you know why they're awful? Because they're the same controls you have in the game. When I'm in VR, I want to use the move controllers. Or if I if I were to play this on a PC, I'd want to use the Vive controllers or, or whatever. I don't want to use the actual controller. Now, there is an option to uh, connect a, a Flight Master stick and throttle to the game, which would make for a little better experience. But even just having the move controllers would be a lot better than just having the controller in your hand because there are so many buttons and levers inside the cockpit that you want to touch and you can't because you don't have hands in this game. I think you would like that less than you think you do. I've played a couple of, I've, I've, I've played a couple of flying games with hand tracking as controls and using that joystick with hand tracking instead of having a physical connection to it is not great. I think you think it'd be awesome but it, it would not be that awesome. Well, even if you had the, but if you had that flight stick and like you could do a hybrid of that, like that would be. So you want to like pick up move controllers and put them down and stuff while you're using the flight stick. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't, it's such a disconnect. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I feel, like I know what you're saying. I, I feel like if you had the flight stick and if you had the flight stick, you'd probably feel much better about it. But I think the move controllers would be, a hundred percent a worse experience than using the controller. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe they tested that and that's what they came up with. And really, I mean, the, the, I, I see the massive potential for VR to just take off and really reinvigorate the flight and space sim genre. Because one of the things that, that I really miss is, you know, whenever I'm throwing up a split S to get on somebody's tail is, you know, looking up, so that I can see and track where they're going so that I can adjust accordingly instead of passing by them and, and hoping that whenever I perform my maneuver, they're going to be where I think they're going to be. And using that that right thumb control to kind of track them and then try and fly the plane at the same time just doesn't feel as good. So I can definitely see where VR, you know, tracking your head and you're able to look around while you're flying is, is a, a huge benefit. And I'm going to also see why they don't allow VR and, and regular people to, to play because that would be a such a, a, an advantage over regular players without VR. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. That is one of the best things is to not – like when I'm playing against one of you or both of you, 
trying to figure out where you're going. Like I see where you are on the radar and I see which direction you went like behind me. Cause I can look to the left and look to the right and look up, but it's not the same as just turning my head and following you with my eyes. Right. It's so much easier to do that in VR and it's so amazing. It looks so good. And they did such a great job. We talked about this uh, a little bit. Like we hinted at it at the beginning of the show. I didn't get sick while I played this. I played this for a solid 30, 45 minutes. I didn't get sick at all because they do such a good job of grounding you in that universe. Do you have, so, so my question, when you're playing in VR, are you looking at just the heads-up display or are you in the cockpit? You're in the cockpit. Yeah, that's why you don't get sick. That's exactly it, because you're grounded at where you are. Yeah, whenever, like, you don't get sick when you have a cockpit view. Uh, that, like having stationary objects in your line of sight goes a long way. Absolutely. So they did a really good job of that. And it looks great. You can lift yourself up and look over the nose of the plane. You can lift yourself up and look down, which I don't suggest you do if you have a fear of heights like I do. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that went well. (laughs) Oh, dude. Like my wife was in the room because she was like, she came down, she was doing laundry or something, and she wanted, because I, I told her, I was like, well, I'm going to go do this VR thing while, you know, Grace is taking a nap. She's like, all right. So she comes down with me, and she's she, she's obviously, I, I knew she was standing next to me. So I'm climbing, and man, it feels like you're climbing. Like, you don't get the G-force, obviously, but you get that sense of movement. And I looked down, I think I was about uh, 3,500 feet and still climbing, and I looked down at this island. And I went, I think I even swore. Like, I try not to swear. And I, I think I even swore. And she, I heard her laughing and she just grabbed my shoulder like, yeah, idiot, you're, you're still on a, you're still on the chair in the room. <laughs> yeah. I, so I've played a bunch of Elite Dangerous in VR on the PC and uh, cockpit flying, dogfighting, even in space, VR, if it's done well, and I'm sure this kind of is the same thing. I'd love to try it. Uh, you like you can, your body almost makes your stomach feel the movement yep. like your pull. Like, it's crazy what your head can do to your body when you're in VR. It is crazy what your head can do to your body. That one's for you. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Big I boy. No, I don't even want to say. Uh, really, this is the only reason to buy the game. If you have a PSVR, this is the reason to buy the game. Yes, multiplayer is fun despite its flaws. But it, I don't think that that justifies the $60. The single player is probably about $4 worth of the game. Uh, the VR is where it's at. That is by far the most fun I've had in VR since Bridge Crew. Dude, I, I don't know. I I know you you have complaints with it because you're not good at it. But once, <laughs> well, once, the, multiplayer, fair. once the multiplayer clicked for me, like I played a bunch today and I MVP'd like, 15 rounds and I cannot get enough of this game. I love the multiplayer. I'm just killing dudes. I've got the um I think I got the F22 and the YF unlocked now. Like I'm just blowing through and it's so and much fun. That's why is because you've unlocked those top tier planes. So so I thought that was going to do it for me going to the top tier planes. The top tier planes are not what makes you good. It's skipping down to the lower section of the skill tree. Where they have the the high end parts that are like three hundred thousand dollars a piece, those high end parts will make any plane competitive, and those are the ones to go for. The ones that make your special your special missiles faster, lock on further away, and do more damage, and you can carry twice as many of them. Stuff like that. Those those parts are what make the difference. Uh, going straight for the expensive planes is a mistake. Oh, okay. That's that's what I was doing at first, and I was getting frustrated, and then. Once I got to those, once I got to the parts that make your special missiles. But that's missiles. not fun. I'm just, for oh. me, that's not fun. I don't want to unlock parts. I want to unlock once a you, plane. Once, well, yeah. Okay, so unlock the planes also. But I'm getting like two hundred to 250,000 I get like 700 MR, because no, uh, I keep uh, crashing and I yeah, suck. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that you suck and you're having a worse experience because of it. It's a lot of fun, man. It's a, so much fun. All right. Well, let's rate this game. Jason, rate this game. 
I'm giving this game what five, five and a half at the most. Um, the the multiplayer does bring it up, but it doesn't do it for me like it does Joe. So I'm giving it five and a half. Yeah, this game does something to Joe. Joe, what does Ace Combat Seven do to you? All right, if this game did not have single player, I probably would have given it like a seven and a half. But because of that single player, I'm going to dock it down to a six. Jeez. All right. I would rather it just not have the single player mode in it. It's so bad. But you don't play the single player mode, yeah, so what's it matter? There. It's but there. It's there. Just that knowing makes, that it's, it's there. It's it's there and it's so poorly done, it feels lazy and they need to be penalized for it. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like Thinking about the single player makes me angry. It's like so physically, bad. like I, my face gets red. I want to Hulk smash things. I want to yell and get an Oscar because apparently Joe thinks that I think that's all that has you have to do to get an Oscar. Uh, I'm gonna give this game VR brings this game up a, a tick for me because, like I said, it's one of the best done VR experiences, and there are more than one mission. There's at least two uh, that I was able to to get through. There's also free fly that you can do free flight, so you can just fly around in VR. Man, so good. Like, if, if it was just VR, I'd give this game probably about an eight, eight and a half, because it's just so well done. Uh, if I was going by just multiplayer, I'd give this game maybe a six, six and a half. And if I was going by single player, I'd ask for my money back. So I think <laughs> just taking all of those into consideration, I'm going to go with five and a half. That's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Look, I think we're all see, about I can have part. a good review. I can give factual scores which i do every week on this show despite what the naysayers and the haters first time for everything i hate you so much joe (laughs) i hate you so much everybody please check out the outro here as we go out morgan did that again thank you uh morgan for doing this intro and the outro for us it is amazing and i'm so glad that we have it and and thank you uh joe jason thanks for being on the show again and not quitting i suppose glad to be here give me an oscar (laughs) See, there you go. All you got to do is yell. Somebody get that man. Man, he's good. That guy is is good. good. Uh, Join us next week when we dredge up another argument that gamers have been fighting about for years. I don't know what it'll be, but join our Discord and we'll We'll find find out. Yeah, that's Joe. That's Jason. I'm Crowley. We'll see you next week. Somebody play Danger Zone! Bad Gamers Anonymous is not affiliated with any video game developer or publisher. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and not of Earglue Media. And are probably terrible. Executive producer for Bad Gamers Anonymous is James Dean. Get good, scrubs.